The inaugural ACC-SEC Challenge matchups were released on Wednesday, and it means that the Tar Heels will be welcoming Rick Barnes to Chapel Hill with what I'm sure will be a loving embrace. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, June 29th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us for your first listener watch every single day. Excited for today's show. It's always cool when uh, like scheduling information comes out in the summer, so a lot of fun to talk about not only Carolina's matchups, but also the rest of the ACC-SEC Challenge. Plus, Carolina got some great news on Tuesday. Bryce Baker commits to North Carolina. We've had him on our show here, so we'll talk about that later as well. By the way, it's funny. We keep pushing Pack, Coach Pack out of the picture. He was supposed to be on, you know, typically Wednesday show, but I said he was going to be on today's. But then because of this news coming out about the ACC-SEC Challenge, uh, we're going to bump that show to tomorrow. So I promise you, Friday's show is going to be me and Pack. Make sure you tune in for that. Well, here we go. ACC-SEC matchup. Going to dive more into like all the matchups later on, but want to focus on Carolina's two matchups because it is not just the guys. It's the men and the women in this challenge. So the men are going to host Tennessee on a Wednesday night, and then the women host South Carolina the following evening. Should be two really, really exciting games. And so we'll we'll take these one at a time. First off, if, if you don't remember why this new challenge came to fruition, we had had, you'll obviously recall, the ACC Big Ten Challenge for long, long time, like two decades, right? And then there was also an SEC Big 12 challenge that had been going on for a decade. It was mid-season, like during the conference season, not like where Carolina's is. But the reason or for the um, ACC Big 10, which was always in the non-conference portion of the season. The reason for this change is the Big 10 has re redone their media rights deal and they no longer have ESPN networks as part of that. Now they just have um, it's Fox, CBS and NBC, if I'm remembering correctly. Let me I've got that in my notes. Stand by. If I'm telling, I just want to make sure I'm giving you, yeah, Fox, CBS, and NBC. Okay, never want to give you the wrong information. I always want to get that right. But anyway, so now that that new media deal for Big Ten isn't part of ESPN, so that ACC Big Ten challenge is no more, and that's why this new one has come to fruition. So more on all of that later, but let's get into the Carolina-specific matchups here. First off is UNC versus Tennessee on the men's side of things. Carolina is 10-2 and all-time against the Vols. Um, pretty great stuff there. You might not have expected that record, but, but keep in mind, Tennessee basketball hasn't always been all that great. And so there you go. North Carolina had won five in a row in the series until a couple seasons ago, the season that they went to the national championship game. You might recall Carolina played Tennessee in Connecticut in that what was a pretty ugly game. The Vols won 89-72. Just want to kind of forget that one. I mean, it, it was bad, 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 bad. 
But prior to that, Carolina, the two previous meetings before that, the teams had played a home and home in 2016-17 and 2017-18 seasons. The Tar Heels won both of those. Both were close games. It was a two-point and a five-point margin. Both played in the 70s. Uh, but Carolina did come out victorious, and hopefully we'll be able to start a new winning streak. Uh, it really, I, I joked about it off in the cold open, but it is always funny to have Rick Barnes come back after all those kind of contentious matchups he had with with Carolina while he was coaching in the ACC. And so I, I'm always curious to see how the, the Tar Heel faithful respond to having Rick Barnes in the building. Although there, there is going to be a little bit of conflicted feelings, I'm sure, because Carolina fans were certainly excited when Tennessee knocked off Duke in the NCAA tournament last season. As for this matchup that's going to take place in 23-24, um, at, at all the like way too early top 25 rankings that are out there, both these teams are ranked, both Carolina and Tennessee. The Vols are like pretty much consensus top 15 everywhere I've seen them. As for personnel, they, they have lost some. Obviously, uh, stud freshman Julian Phillips ended up going to the NBA draft. He was taken in the second round. Olivier Kamwa transferred out. He was kind of that Duke killer, you'll remember. Transferred to Michigan, actually, where he will not be playing with Caleb Love. <laughs> uh, yikes. Um, anyway, they have picked up Dalton Connect. You might remember that name as the young man from University of Northern Colorado that a lot of Carolina fans, me included, uh, really wanted to come be part of the Carolina roster this season for everything he brought, but he ended up choosing Tennessee. They've also added Chris Ledlam, who is a great addition for the Vols. And perhaps most importantly, one of the things that Rick Barnes was able to do was return a lot of his important roster pieces from last year, kind of similar to what Carolina's done with RJ and Armando in particular. They get back Santiago Vescovi, Zakai Ziegler, um, who will be coming off an injury at some point this season, and also Josiah Jordan-James, who's had a bit of an up-and-down career. But those three guys were three of Tennessee's top four scorers last year. And so, man, I mean, they this team is going to be really, really good for Rick Barnes. So the, the question is going to be, like, where is Zakai Ziegler at in, in his recovery and health? Will he be able to be playing by that point? But I tell you, this, this Tennessee team is going to be a great and difficult test for North Carolina, who has a loaded, a loaded non-conference schedule yet again. I mean, this schedule we already knew was going to be nuts. You don't know all the pieces yet, like we were waiting to find out this matchup, and it just means uh, now that we know it's Tennessee, Carolina's non-conference schedule is going to be another doozy. Like you you recall, it. so the, the ACC-SEC challenge is going to be in that same time period where the ACC Big Ten Challenge was, basically the week after Thanksgiving week. like So last year, North Carolina was at the PK-85 up in Portland and then didn't even go home. Went straight to Bloomington, Indiana to play at um, at Indiana for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It's going to be like the, this year. Carolina will play down in the Bahamas, the Battle for Atlantis, and over Thanksgiving week. And then the very next week is when this game will take place at... Um, about 7.15 on Wednesday night, by the way, uh, Carolina will host the Vols. And so uh, it's it's that kind of thing. So you look at the schedule. Now, here, here's the difference. So last year, it was that far trip across the country to Portland, then all the way back to Bloomington. 
this year's a little bit easier traveled. The flight down to Atlanta shouldn't be nearly as like maybe by half as long as it is to Portland. And then you you're at home for the ACC SEC challenge instead of having to go on the road. So that, that side of it, the travel side of it will be better. And, and I mean, legit, you got to take that into account. I know these are resilient young men, but it does take a toll on your body. So that's a good thing, but you got battle for Atlantis Thanksgiving week, Tennessee, November 29th, Yukon at Madison Square Garden in the Jimmy B Classic about a week later on December 5th. Don't forget, you'll have the CBS Sports Classic mid-December. There's been conflicting reports, but it'll either be UCLA or Kentucky. Uh, the Jumpman Invitational like four days after that. Probably a couple ACC games sprinkled into that um, or, you know, November or early December, mid-December area. So, man, uh, got to be ready got to be going because this this schedule i'm telling you it's going to be a gauntlet be ready but north carolina hosting tennessee in the inaugural acc sec challenge should be a great game man electric same is true on the women's side though where they are hosting south carolina inside carmichael i mean legit i know the football teams for the carolinas are kicking off the season together this game could upstage that one because it is going to be just an electric game. It will be on Thursday, November 30th at 7 Eastern time. So, hey, I'll tell you what, go to the Smith Center one night, go to Carmichael the next night, and just, that's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Both these, similar to the men's game, both these teams should be ranked. I would imagine preseason South Carolina should be ranked higher than North Carolina, although both will be highly ranked. But you know what? Thank goodness Aaliyah Boston is gone because that lady is a low. I mean, she's a phenomenal basketball player and I'm really curious to see what the Gamecocks look like without her next season. But they'll they'll have all that talent back. And obviously, Coach Courtney Banghart has a great and loaded roster for the Tar Heels. So two electric games for North Carolina, both getting to host, which is really cool in the inaugural ACC SEC challenge. Well, what about the rest of the ACC SEC challenge? What are we watching for? What are some of my takeaways on some of these matchups? Because I know you're going to be watching other games as well. We'll talk about that in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. For example, we got the All-Star game coming up. There's going to be some obviously always cool stuff on that or the Home Run Derby. You might want to check out some of those bets. Friends, don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I want to thank you again for joining us to make Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch of the day. I want to continue to encourage you to send in all your great listener questions. They keep rolling in. If you've been with us this week, you know that I've been rolling out a new opportunity for you to submit questions, and that is through a video format. All you got to do is send a video, either portrait mode or landscape mode, either's fine, to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. 
quick video, 10 to 15 seconds, drop your name, where you're from, and your question. And then we'll include that on the show, both audio and video formats. Already got several coming in, and I want to make sure you get in on that as well. Okay, here is the rest of the ACC SEC challenge. It's really tough not to automatically say ACC Big Ten challenge. I'm going to, man, I just got to focus on it every time. So Tuesday, November 28th, starting at 7 p.m. We got four games in that time slot. Remember, there's uh, 14 teams in the SEC, 15 in the ACC. So there's a team that's left out. I'll tell you who it is after the games, but see if you can figure it out as I talk through the games. All right, a four pack coming up at 7 p.m. LSU at Syracuse, meh. Mizzou at Pittsburgh, that'll be interesting. Those are two teams that both played above where we thought they would be last season. Be interesting to see there. And I, I mean, I guess I should say with Syracuse, uh, it'll be no longer Jim Beheim. I'm really curious to see if they maintain their zone or not. And uh, we'll see that there. Uh, third game in that time slot, Mississippi State at Georgia Tech. Uh, talking about new coaches, Damon Stoudemire will be starting his uh, ACC career there, and then Notre Dame at South Carolina. Yet another brand new ACC coach in Micah Shrewsbury there. In the 7.30 time slot on Tuesday, this to me is the highlight game of Tuesday night, Miami traveling to Rep Arena to take on Kentucky, who's finally starting to get a couple pieces for their roster together outside of the dynamic incoming freshman class. Uh, but Miami retains a lot of their great players from last year outside of obviously Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller. So a lot of tough stuff to replace there for Jim Laraniega. Nine o'clock on Tuesday night, NC State is traveling down to Ole Miss. Remember, Chris Beard is there now. So an interesting game for Coach Keats and uh, his backcourt, who will try to replicate that electric backcourt that they had last year. And then wrapping up Tuesday night's slate, Clemson at Alabama. No, that is not a football game. That is on the basketball side. Clemson got a couple of their um, guys back from last year. Alabama has lost a lot, but they've since picked up some other commitments, including, we know, Jaron Stevenson. Uh, it was made official on Wednesday that Grant Nelson coming from North Dakota State is going there. So Alabama might be getting it together. On Wednesday night, the second seven games, this is just in two time slots. There's three games at 7-15. That is the Tennessee-Carolina, Texas A&M at Virginia. I'm That's probably the under-the-radar game I'm most excited about. Texas A&M is getting back several uh, veteran guards and should be an interesting test against that Tony Bennett defense. And then Florida at Wake Forest. In the late time slot on Wednesday, 9-15, we got Duke at Arkansas. Should be really interesting inside Bud Walton Arena. That's just like an hour and a half south of where I live, so I might need to uh, be heading down to that game, get, get some credentials, and go to it. We got Virginia Tech at Auburn, Georgia at Florida State, and Boston College at Vandy. So obviously the, the highlight game of uh, that later time slot is going to be Duke at Arkansas. And we got Tennessee at North Carolina before that should be um, some more fun basketball on Wednesday. As to uh, one, one of the things I've been trying to think about is with, with losing the ACC big 10 challenge and the SEC big 12 challenge and combining into th this new one, is that a step forward or step back for college basketball. 
It's interesting because the SEC, which hasn't traditionally been as much of a strong basketball conference, has really grown in the past several years. Alabama under Nate Oates has been a lot better. Eric Musselman has Arkansas playing really well year in and year out. Obviously, Kentucky is going to be Kentucky. Rick Barnes has Tennessee playing well. And then there's always a couple of teams that kind of rise up. You might remember um, Vanderbilt. Um, Coach Stackhouse had them going well at the end of last season. And so... Um, yeah, but I do hate to lose the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It was just always interesting, felt like some contrasting stylistic things. But what I do love about the ACC-SEC Challenge is, is just that, man, that down-home South, you know, two traditional conferences getting after it. I know some of the geography is different and wacky now, but the, the point is still there. And um, it it is tough in this time slot because lots of, of teams similar to what I said earlier about North Carolina are coming off their multi-team events during Thanksgiving week. And so really difficult for the road teams in this matchup. Now I said, I would name for you the ACC team that was left out of the field because there's 14 SEC teams, 15 ACC teams. You might, you've probably already read it, or maybe you were able to figure it out as I was talking and it is Louisville. Yeah. The Cardinals are left out of this thing. And I know that is shocking and wild, but Louisville projects to be infinitely better this year than they were last year. But this is what happens when you just went four and 28 on the season two and 18 in the ACC and you finished 290th at Ken Palm. There's only 363 teams in only as though there's not few. I just mean in, in terms of how close Louisville is to the back end of that. And so they're getting left out and they're going to have to prove themselves and, Wow, that's pretty crazy. Now, here's the other things about these matchups. I 100% expected either North Carolina or Duke to be matched up with Kentucky because, and I know they can't do that every year. They can't just flip back and forth. But I figured for this inaugural one, it's like, man, let's let's have, you know, two of the blue bloods of the sport, obviously Kentucky, and then either Carolina or Duke, either way would have been great, go up against each other. Now, part of the reason is because Kentucky and Duke are always in that Champions Classic together at the beginning of the season, but they're not playing each other in it this year. They're playing the other two teams. And then, obviously, Carolina and Kentucky are both in the CBS Sports Classic. And there have been these conflicting reports as to whether Carolina is playing UCLA or Kentucky. I've read both, and we haven't had the official word from CBS yet. Um, so if it if it comes out that that's Carolina, Kentucky, then obviously they wouldn't have put paired them up. But but not pairing Duke and Kentucky then surprises me on this. And then there's always the arbitrary question of which conference wins this tournament because it doesn't matter. There's no trophy, whatever. You got 14 teams, so you could either, you could have a tie or either conference wins. Um, I think the ACC, now I haven't gone in and looked at each matchup yet because the, the matchups just came out a couple hours before I'm recording this. Um, but just based on like the ACC rising back up next year, I really feel good about that. And so I, I'll say that the ACC wins this like eight, six, nine, five when we, when everything is all said and done. Well, great news for Carolina. They have already landed their quarterback in the class of 2025, Bryce Baker, commit to North Carolina on Tuesday. We're going to talk about it in just a second. 
All right, folks, Carolina has their guy in the class of 2025. We haven't even started the 23 season yet, and the Tar Heels have their building block for uh, for the class of 2025, and that is quarterback Bryce Baker. By the way, if you've been with us, you know we did an interview with him a couple weeks ago. Make sure to go check that out. Also had conversation with Locked On uh, Locked On's National Football Recruiting Insider Brian Smith a couple weeks before that. So check out both of those shows. I will link, uh, you know, up here in the where you can do a link to the interview that we had with Bryce if you want to check that out. Uh, some really good commentary from Bryce himself on the Rivals article that came out after his interview about the the family atmosphere and some of what he really liked about Carolina. So I'll let you go read that. If you don't know some of his just basic bio stuff, let me just give it some of it to you quickly. I'll, I'll just stay with the rivals ranking. He's the 10th rated quarterback right now in the class of 25. I'm just telling you, I fully expect that to go up with all the, the, you know, stuff I'm hearing about his evolution and his growth and what people are seeing from him. I fully expect that to happen. Part of that is because he's transferring from Walkertown High School to East Forsyth High School this upcoming season, his junior year. So he's got these two more years of high school. He's jumping up in competition level. And so that's going to get more eyeballs on him, give him a better chance to grow in, in more ways. And so I fully expect that number 10 QB ranking to raise even higher. He's 6'3", 185, so already measuring good and strong obviously needs to put a little bit more meat on him already but I love the height I love where that's at Um, you know would love to see him get up to around 200 or so as long as that doesn't put too much on him that he can't carry that weight well here here's what I love about Bryce Baker he is a able to do it all he's got an electric arm a strong arm an accurate arm he can get outside the pocket but but talking to him you might recall I asked him do you feel like right now you are more skilled with your arm or with your legs and he feels very confident in his arm as a quarterback and I love to hear that because the the speed intangibles can be there and make no mistake he is uber athletic crazy fast um but, but the things he's already done with his arm in just his first two years, again, he's still got two more years of high school to keep developing and growing that arm. And so very excited about that. But, but keep an eye on how he adjusts to this higher playing level as he goes to East, East for Scythe this year. And I don't mean that in a way of like, I don't think he's going to be able to live up to the competition. I just mean it in terms of watch how he adjusts. Is he still as dominant as he has been? Is You know, because... The, the dudes at this level, if they're as good as you want them to be, stand out even amongst the best. So we'll watch that. Now, in terms of what this means for North Carolina, it's awesome. That's what you need to know. In the class of 2025, this is the Tar Heels' first commitment, Bryce Baker is. And so the, anytime you can start a class with your quarterback as the cornerstone and then build from there, because that's what a lot of people are, a lot of other recruits are looking for is who's my quarterback? I want to go play with him. Or, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, maybe it's a cornerback or a linebacker. It's like, ooh, I want to go be part of that defense with him. So uh, th- this is the place you want to start. Any, any of the recruiting insiders you talk to, it's like, man, when you start with a quarterback, that's a great way to go. So Bryce needs to be just as much a recruiter as the coaching staff is and get guys to come along with him. Now, is he going to be Sam Howe? Is he going to be Drake May? 
It's hard to say at this point. Because again, you still got two years before he's even in that mix. Maybe one and a half if he's an early in Roley. But again, he is blowing up. He's rising up the charts. And so for me, locking him up now is kind of like what, what you see in the professional ranks where, forgive me, you know I'm a Braves. If you're, if you're an everyday or you know I'm a Braves fan, if you're a visitor, I'm a big time Braves fan as well. And so let me compare this to something the Braves have been doing. For example, their center fielder, Michael Harris. This is just his second year in the majors. But Car- uh, Carolina, uh, the Braves went ahead and locked him up to a long-term multi-year deal to go ahead and just say, we believe in this dude, but if we get him now, then we can sign it at a lower rate than having to give him like five years, several hundred thousand dollars a couple years from now. Uh, the Braves have done this with Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, all sorts of guys. And uh, it's worked out for the most part really well. And I think this is what is great about getting Bryce Baker locked in right now is his profile is only going to grow, but having him committed now is so, so important for the Tigers. Now, obviously, Mac Brown is going to have to keep recruiting him because you know everyone's going to be coming after Bryce Baker as he grows and develops. But if there's anything that Mac Brown is good at, it is recruiting a young man. So excited for that. And also, from my conversations with Bryce and from other things I've read and heard from him, he's the type of man who commits and is all in. And, and so, I listen, I know in this day and age, people are transferring all the time, and it doesn't say anything about their character because it's just the landscape of things. But I feel really good about him sticking with North Carolina. Great young man, really polished, really well put together, wildly athletic, hungry to work hard and to keep growing. He's smart. He commands the field. He gets the game because he's a student of the game. He studies hard and studies well. And here's another thing. I love it because once again, the Tar Heels are locking up the top in-state quarterback in the class. Per Inside Carolina, Mac Brown has, or the Tar Heels, I guess. Well, yeah, Mac Brown has done that in four of the last seven cycles. And you want to just keep that going. I love, I love, I love to see it. So um, the plan is uh, from conversation with Bryce is to have him on the show again later this summer. So stay tuned for that. Obviously things evolve and change all the time, but, but that's the plan right now is to have him on probably right at the beginning of August again. Uh, just one more quick note on the way out, turning back to basketball. If you're keeping up with uh, Tar Heel commit Ian Jackson and the under 19 USA team playing at the FIBA World Cup, they have won again their past two games. We didn't talk about their last pool game, but they walloped Lebanon. And then on Wednesday, they beat China in the round of 16, had to come back. China had make a ni- made a nice little push and gone up by one in the third quarter, but America came back and beat them. So now, day off today. Thursday, and then they'll face Japan on Friday in the Elite Eight. And then from here, it's just boom, boom, boom. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. As for Ian Jackson, had a really efficient game against Lebanon, eight points, three of eight shooting, two of four from three, five rebounds, five assists, two steals. And that was in 21 and a half minutes. So love to just see that well-rounded game from him against China, 15 minutes, nine points, three of six shooting, two of three uh, from three and one of one from the free 
line had a nice little run out that he was able to finish in transition and got fouled, made the basket a rebound and two assists to go with. So we'll keep keeping tabs on the Americans and obviously specifically Ian Jackson on how they do, hopefully winning that gold on Sunday. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks as always for joining in. So fun to be part of this community. I hope you love it as much as I do. As always, keep on sending in those questions. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. If you want to just send, type in a question, that's great. But we'd love your video submissions as well. So we can include you and your face and your voice on the show, not just mine. You can follow the show on Twitter, Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Smash the like button to let us know you are here and leave your comments on your thoughts on the ACC SEC challenge and Bryce Baker coming to the Tar Heels. Thanks so much for spending part of your Thursday hanging out with me. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk again tomorrow with Pat Kilby. But until then, peace. Peace.